listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Hi, this is Mick, and you are listening to a Chirp Radio artist interview. I am on the line with Angel Merkeloid, the sonic and imaginative force behind Fire Tools. How are you doing today, Angel? I'm doing all right. It's good to hear. So you have a new album out called Eternal Home. And as I understand it, this is the longest release that you've done with Fire Tools. Not like you haven't been prolific and like you haven't been releasing albums with your other projects or even or even other albums during the uh, during the pandemic. How did this one end up being so voluminous? For most of my other albums, I've purposefully kept them to, you know, a little bit around 40 minutes because I wanted to make sure that they would fit on a single record and it got to the point where I, I I just had more to say, and I thought that it would be wonderful if I didn't have to work within that 40-ish minute boundary anymore. But little did I know that multiplying that by two is actually, feels, it feels like multiplying it by 100. Um, <laughs> it was so much work, babysit all those songs, and... Um, yeah, I don't know if I will do that again, <laughs> at least not anytime soon, I think, because it was just, it's really overwhelming. It's such a big project. What made what made the workload for this album seem greater than you expected? What do you, what do you think multiplied the effort that you had to put in to, to produce and, uh, and release it? Well, I think part of it is that the, the amount of material might have been just like a, a linear increase but for some reason and i used the term babysit on purpose because it really felt as if i had a lot to look after you know my albums are not necessarily conceptual always but they are they're definitely like a book a a storybook and and and, you know song one and the last song and the middle song they all need each other in order to complete the story and for some reason when the story gets long enough it it starts to just feel overwhelming, I guess. It's kind of like when you have 10 things to do, it will feel like 100. Whereas if you have two things to do, it might still feel like two. You know, maybe because you've been doing this for so long, you thought, oh, well, you know, I I know what I'm doing now. (laughs) I can handle this. Yeah. Oh, I was sure I can handle it. Yeah. Because I I have been prolific, you know, for a long time. I'm, I'm always working on stuff, you know, when I have a new album complete while it's getting produced and marketed and prepared and all of that stuff, I, I'm, I've already got another one I'm finishing. Um, I just thought this would be nothing. I actually thought it would just be extra fun. Just like not only do I have to get one album done, but I, I get to basically do two and make it into one. And it's just going to be awesome. And it was awesome. It really was. But um, uh, if it ever happens again, it's going to be a situation where it's like a bunch of EPs are being released in like a box set or something like that. So it, it wouldn't nearly be the same thing, but I might change my mind someday. Basically I I'm a nonstop producer. So if you give me enough time, uh, I will accumulate, you know, however much material it took me to make in that amount of time. That's very interesting. And it actually leads into my next question, whether or not you were going to take a break from the project after, after such an ambitious album, or if um, you're going to sort of stay on the same <laughs> kind of treadmill you've been on. And you just I, answered. I'm, I'm shaking my head so much right now uh, to the <laughs> 
left and right. Like there's no need for a break. As far as working, I'm a nonstop powerhouse. I, I don't get worn out by the labor. There's never any sort of like war there where I feel like I need to be working, uh, but I'm too tired or I feel like I should rest, but I, I don't want to. It's making music is so leisurely, like it's simultaneously hard work and demands close attention and precision, but well, not precision, but an intentionality, I guess. Th that part of it, the actual composition and the producing and even the mixing, it, do it doesn't feel like labor. I feel like I'm doing something that my body just naturally wants to do so when i'm doing it i'm feeling pleasure and peace <laughs> interviews that you operate on on the basis of intuition when you're working for yourself and you're working on your music. And I was wondering, like, how do you know when you have sort of hit the sweet spot for working in that way and sort of hitting that type of flow? And how do you distinguish that from just things that maybe you're habituated to? I, I, I wonder if you wouldn't mind commenting on that. Yeah, it's funny. You, you, you were like, is it you were sort of putting the intuition and the habits sort of in two different boxes. But the thing is with me is that they're the same thing. And the only reason they're same thing is because I've sort of allowed it to be that way and have entrained it to be that way. But it naturally came together. There was no effort to do it that way. I have just been interested in music and playing music my whole life my single digits well I don't two years old hitting pots and pans with wooden spoons and and this is where I've ended up from that and the entire time I have felt like I couldn't do it any other way than intuitively I don't even know what intuition feels like because I don't have any other frame of reference I've never really besides a few failed attempts I've never really made music in a non-intuitive way. So I don't really know what it's like to, to not do that enough to be able to tell you like the essence of intuitive music making. It's, it's a habit. So I don't know any better. This has always been the thing. Ah, there's very, very little fear in my music making. In fact, there's like none. There's just none. And, and I'm, I am somebody who like suffers from anxiety and PTSD. But music, absolutely 110% fear-free. The only thing that's scary is when it's going to like be released and I'm like, oh God, nobody's going to like it. But then again, for many, many years, I made just like straight up lo-fi noise music. I, I had a stint where I was doing that pretty much for like five or six years and barely anybody liked it. And it didn't seem to like matter to me at all. Like it wasn't even, it didn't even register as an obstacle. Um, and that was always good enough. And I'm so lucky to now actually be making music that is still hard for many people to digest, but it's to the point where Chirp Radio wants to interview me. So that's, that's pretty cool. You know, in interviews and also just it seems like in your general demeanor, it seems really important for you to try and understand other people and to try and um, sort of get into their headspace. And I was wondering, 
how that sort of impulse or that desire or sort of an empathetic understanding, how that sort of manifests in your music? Big oh, question. Yeah, Sorry. no, 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 it's okay. It's, it's a really good question. Um, yeah, it definitely comes out in my music. I wouldn't know how to say it comes out sonically, but the lyrics and song meanings are incredibly important to me. They're just as important to me as, as the music. There's been songs specifically about trying to remember people's humanity. Um, I can think of several off the top of my head that reference uh, street harassment and and being bullied and um, you know feeling like I'm trapped in a world of idiots, which sounds really arrogant. But I'm I'm just like thinking about just like I don't know oil companies and politicians and you know, anti-queer movements. So yeah, in my music, I'm, I'm, sometimes you can see if you understand, if you could decrypt what I'm saying, you would see sort of an active struggle at times where I'm talking about maybe something that's happened to me. And, and, and in, in the same, in the same verse, I'm trying to remember that we're all part of this same organism and that me and this other person are both sort of symptoms and inside the you know this the collective consciousness here we we can be viruses or we can be healing antibodies and duality is really important to me and and balance so i always want to zoom out and like see everything about something like if if some if some dude has harassed me on the street and in the song i'm feeling i'm also at the same time going to write about what did that person go through throughout life that brought them to the place where they would want to treat somebody like that? It doesn't excuse anything. It doesn't justify anything. But it's if you're not trying to see the full perspective, then you're doing yourself a disservice, I think. And that's something that Fire Tools is all about, is that sort of non-duality and that trying to see all the shades of something, all angles because that's that's the wisest thing and the healthiest thing that we can be doing for ourselves when we are interpreting our experiences. I feel like that is that is a really good way of summing up your band. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a really great conversation Uh, i really appreciate you coming on uh, having a conversation with me for the benefit of chirp's audience Mm -hmm. Uh, again this has been nick in conversation with angel merkeloid of fire tools angel has a new album out called eternal home on Haosu mountain and i just want to say thank you again angel yeah thank you it's been fun This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find this and more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.